This episode is brought to you with support from Whole Foods. As our resident Greek girl, I am a sucker for Mediterranean flavors and want you to taste the Mediterranean too. Go to Whole Foods Market now and save on regionally inspired products through March 19th. Find sales on animal welfare certified meat, including boneless, skinless, air-chilled chicken breast, bone-in beef short ribs, ground lamb, and more. Save on whole bronzini and sustainable wild-caught sockeye salmon. And stock up on Mediterranean essentials like feta cheese crumbles, whole wheat pita pockets, and if you're over 21, wines from Spain, Greece, and Italy. Grab your ingredients and experiment with family-friendly Mediterranean cuisine today. Think Greek-style ground lamb pitas, lemony oven-roasted chicken, or bronzino, or instant pot short ribs braised in wine. All simple and delicious. Taste the Mediterranean now at Whole Foods Market. Do you ever feel like you're in a never-ending cycle of snacks and meals? We get it. That's why we're excited to share HomeThreads, the ultimate solution for creating a stylish and functional family space. At HomeThreads.com, discover furniture that can handle the chaos of family life. From wipeable dining chairs to kitchen tables and light fixtures. Or you can just freshen up your kitchen with trays, counter lamps, decor, and other affordable accents that will help you update your kitchen into a room you love spending time in. Head over to homethreads.com slash D-I-J-F-Y, short for Dinner and I Just Feed You, to get a code for 15% off your first order. Because if you're going to be feeding them three times a day, plus snacks, you deserve a home that feeds your style. Homethreads, love where you live. That's homethreads.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y today to get 15% off your first order. Do you ever look around and think, man, everyone is such a jerk. And you know where that starts? childhood. Good Kids, How Not to Raise an Asshole is a new podcast from Lemonada Media that we are totally obsessed with that offers advice, rants, stories, and reflections on how to raise a kinder, gentler, better human. For 15 minutes each week, a diverse set of parents, experts, celebrities, and world shapers grab the mic for a no-holds-barred TED-style podcast on child-rearing. This isn't just another parenting podcast. It's the podcast we all need to make the world a better place. Subscribe to Good Kids Now wherever you listen. Because I do this as my job for myself, I put a lot of pressure on aesthetics in combination with the taste of something. So when I bake with my son, I make sure that that's not at the forefront of my mind at all because it kind of kills the fun. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You? A podcast about feeding us kids. Hi, I'm Stacy. And I'm Megan. And I am unprepared for this recording. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to be prepared because you're the resident baker. I am. I, feel I have my really hand proud of that title, just so yeah. you know. You are? Yeah. I'm so glad. I don't know why. Is that funny? Because that's your passion. It is my passion. And it's what I went to school for. I paid a lot of money for a baking Yeah, you're like, you better make me a bad expert. Yeah. And I don't get to use it as much as I I wish I did. Yeah, you say that a lot. Yeah. I feel like we're going to hit it big with Didn't I Just Feed You? Gosh, I hope so. And we're going to... (laughs) 
put out <laughs> baking kits. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't do. know. Okay. Yeah, no. We're going to make it work. I have like a little fantasy bakery. If didn't I just feed you can fund that, that would be great. And I can just do podcasting and videos and bake. That's it. That's all I want in life. I think that it should be like a space for families where we have like cooking classes but then there can be like a bakery and cafe up front, but maybe also because I love savory food and dinner and it's like, oh, didn't I just feed you? Then like we have proprietary snacks and also like dinner kits that people yes. like can stop in and be like, oh my gosh, like I need dinner. Give me the stir yes. fry kit. Why We're, am I, I all on stir fry? I, you can't I stop know. talking about it from last week, I don't even love stir fry, but fine. <laughs> Whatever. I was chatting with some school friends, school mom friends, mom school friends. This can weekend. I ask you a question? Do you know yeah. their last names? I do. Oh, okay. Then you can really call them. They're friends. like all on the PTA board with me. Okay. Because um, it's there's like the moms yes. that you've become friends with at school, yes. and then they're the moms who you call friends, but really they're just moms to other kids. That yeah. your kid is friends with. Also, that's funny because it relates to today's <laughs> guest, Cindy Ray, who's my Instagram friend. And we a were lot like, of yeah. And it's like, I know I've actually met her in real life one time, but like, that's how I know her. And I still would call her my friend, even though there's stuff I don't know about her that you would know about friends, like their last name or like what their <laughs> kids' names are. There are moms at school who like, I know their kids' names and I have no freaking idea what their names are. I'm like, I know, oh, but do you, you're, you're like, Arthur's oh, there's mom. my friend. Yeah. <laughs> totally. We talk, we, t- we have running conversations. You know what I mean? Like where it's the same threads. Yeah. Like, oh, remember last week you know, when you were asking about that recipe? Oh, let me send that to you. And like, I don't know their name. I don't know their name. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me so happy. <laughs> but these friends are not those friends. And we were talking this idea of like cake decorating classes or cookie decorating classes or home cooking classes where it's not like the goal is to be a pro. But it's to be like just good enough, that's, like a mom cake like decorating do here. class. Yeah, like <laughs> it's our new tagline. We get you to just, just good enough. You're just good enough. <laughs> Which is essentially the theme of this week's holiday baking episode. Yes, like, how amen you... to that as the non-resident baker. I know. See, and this is why it's so good that we are like digging to each other's yang because. I love to bake. I can be obsessive. I own more sprinkles than any one mom should. And you're like, eh, I've got one or two jars of sprinkles. I'm going to buy the kit or the box of whatever I can. Like, I'm not that into it, even though Oliver is very into baking. And you've done a really good job of, like, giving him space to do that and, like, not poo-pooing, like, just because you don't love to bake. In fact... I feel like that's why he chose that lane, maybe subconsciously. Like, mm. because, you know, I've talked before about how I now consider it a mistake, I guess. I don't know, but I've been like, oh, this is my kitchen. Yeah. Because often it's my workspace. And I've been doing this for a long time since before the boys were at school full time. And it was like, okay, like when you tell kids to leave your home office, that was the kitchen. Yeah. It's like, I need some space. I need to be in here right now oh, you need a snack, of course, like, but I'll just do it because, you know, I have notes going and multiple things on the stove. So cooking and the kitchen really became my space and didn't 
and it even didn't leave Mike enough room to like feel confident to throw dinners together. Like every time I'm like, oh, can you just start that? All you have to do is cut the onion and saute and I'll be home by then. He's happy to help, but he's so freaking nervous. Yeah. Because he feels like I'm going to come in and be like, oh, okay, yeah. Okay, move. You cut the like onion the wrong, wrong way. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I think not being a baker, Oliver's had such a passion for being in the kitchen with me. And that could be like, I'm, he's the expert. And he likes to say like, you know, he's a little brother. So yeah. already he has somebody who's trying to always be better than him. I'm the cook. Baking's his jam. And he feels like he's the one in the family who bakes. Yeah. He's got ownership so of that. It's so cute. And we got to bake a gingerbread house together <laughs> when I was there last year. And i that's one of my favorite memories. I love, I love that. I love it. I love it. Okay. Holiday baking, not your favorite, but the goal with this episode is that we are going to give you, well, Cindy is going to give you her expert advice about what to bake, how to bake without losing your mind this holiday season. Because there's a lot of like expectation around holiday baking, right? Like we're all supposedly going to these cookie swaps. I've never been invited to one. Just saying. (laughs) I had one a few years ago. Did you? Okay. I do. We do do a holiday and we talk about this a little bit with Cindy. Like we do holiday Um, cookie decorating right before Christmas with our neighborhood friends. And that's kind of like our Christmas gift to everyone. Like I make the frosting, I whip out all my sprinkles, I make cookies, they're baked, their kids come and get high on sugar. And then they get to take cookies for Santa home without having to mess up their own kitchen. Yes, I love it. Um, But that's not really a cookie swap. That's something else entirely. Yeah. And I have to say, we do joke, you just know much more about baking than me. I'm adept in the kitchen. So like the things that I bake, I bake really well and I can develop a baking recipe. It's just not my favorite. And it probably is like a steeper learning curve for me than it would be for you. Yeah. But I've published lots of baking recipes and they're all good. But this relates to holiday baking in this episode. I do when I'm baking in my own life, just return to the small handful of things that I know well and that I feel really good baking and I know will come out well because I find it so frustrating to try baking something and have it come out bad. I'm like, that was so much freaking work. Are you kidding me? And like, there's no way to fix it. Yeah. That annoys me. And baking ingredients can be expensive. Like butter. Holy crap. A pound of butter is like $6. And that's not even like a plugra european style butter it's like the regular lando lakes and so if you're like using half of that in a recipe and then like nice chocolate and sugar it gets really expensive um so i totally understand that and often that's what i tell people when they say that they're like really interested in baking it's like well what is the one thing that you really enjoy eating and like can you master that instead of trying to be like a pie expert and a cookie expert and a cake expert which is like a very expensive baking and pastry degree Yes. (laughs) Um, Like focus on one thing. And I do that with biscuits. You know that I bake biscuits once a week for my family. And then I also have learned because I've mastered that recipe, which is really like a handful of ingredients. I've been able to turn biscuit dough into cinnamon rolls or like add sprinkles to it or poppy seeds and like bacon and cheddar. Like once you learn a base recipe very well, then you start to understand like what you can add and what you can take away. And then that actually gives you like 
a dozen, if not more recipes from the same base. Yes. And actually, so this is two, two of the like small handful of tips I actually have to share in this episode. One is like bake the same thing every year. Like it's great for the holidays, especially because the holidays are about tradition. Like your kids want to be able to predict what it is they're going to bake for Santa. Like they're not trying new recipes all the time. Like everyone can look forward to that sweet potato pie that you make because you've mastered it. So don't be afraid to just have one or two things that every set of holidays is like the thing that you bake. Wait, can I add something before you get to your second tip? This is a funny, my five-year-old at the beginning of November, I was testing gingerbread, which we always make every year for for Christmas, a gingerbread house and pizzelle cookies, which are like a little Italian pressed cookie that we also make every year to give to neighbors. So I was doing both of those things for kitchen work because we work about six weeks to two months ahead. And my sweet little five-year-old, this is the beginning of November, it's his birthday week, in fact. And he's like, wait, is it Christmas? Oh my gosh, that's so cute. It was his cue. Yeah, he remembered that we do those things for Christmas. And even though there's no tree up or anything like that, that's what he... He went there. I was, I'm like, sorry, buddy. It's just mom's weird work life. (laughs) But that's so cute that he remembers that and he got so excited. So I think that, you know, that's tradition. That's the the spirit that you want to bring in. Yes. And then the other thing I was going to say is I don't love sugar cookies. And we talked to Cindy about this a little bit more, but find one great roll and slice cookie dough that you like, a basic butter one, a sugar one, shortbread, whatever it is, some like simple dough, roll and slice dough, and then figure out how you can flavor it multiple ways. So you can make one batch of dough or one double batch of dough. And I've done this before and put like, you know, lime zest in one portion of the batch, roll it in coconut and then slice and bake it. Put chocolate chips in another one pecans to make pecan sandies, you know, lemon poppy seed, like a simple dough that you can kind of play with all different ways or even just plain and then dip it in chocolate afterwards after you've baked them. So you get basically one dough and you can get endless number of cookies out of it. So it seems like a huge variety for the holidays. Yes, that's one of my favorite tips. And don't forget, you can fill those cookies as sandwiches, like take two of them and put your favorite frosting in the middle or your favorite jam and still also dip them in chocolate too. It's a really easy way to get the most bang for your buck out of your effort. Yes. Before we talk to Cindy, we should hear from our friends at Oregon Fruit, who both Stacey and I are just really loving this holiday season having in our pantry. Stacy, I could not be more excited about the start of holiday baking season. You know, I've been waiting all year long for this. I know this is your jam, Megan, but I have to tell you the truth. I can kind of take it or leave it to somebody else. Although during the holidays, I do get pulled in. You know, I want to get the kids in the kitchen and I want to cook up all the holiday treats, but I have even less time than usual. Listen, I get it. Baking shortcuts are key, but they can be tricky during the holidays when you also want to put your best foot forward. That's why I'm crazy about our new sponsor, Oregon Fruit. I couldn't agree more. I am totally obsessed. Oregon Fruit Red Tart Cherries are one of my new favorites. They have just two simple ingredients, cherries and water. 
They are non-GMO project verified. They contain zero high fructose corn syrup and they come packed in cans with non-BPA linings. You know, we love that. So great, right? As our resident baking expert, I can't say enough how fantastic it is to find canned fruit that tastes amazing and is made entirely with ingredients you know and trust. You guys need to try Oregon fruit for yourselves. Be sure to check the baking or canned fruit aisle in your local supermarket for that iconic black Oregon fruit label. Look for the little bee. You can also find a wide range of Oregon fruit varieties on Amazon or walmart.com and visit our show notes for direct links. Without further ado, I feel like we should hear from my internet BFF. <laughs> Your friend. <laughs> She's going to be like, uh, we're not best friends. We just DM, which is fair. I um, feel like anybody <laughs> we even talk to once, we're like, it's our friend. Uh, our friend. You know, our friend Beth Lipton, our friend Dan Whelan, <laughs> Brian Stewart. We have so many friends. We're rich in friends and listeners, too. Um, but Cindy Ray is a very well-known recipe developer and food photographer. She's been writing at the blog Hungry Girl Por Vida for over 11 years. She's also a regular contributor to Simply Recipes. She worked for Betty Crocker. You've probably seen her work on BuzzFeed, Pop Sugar, um, Artful Blogging Magazine, HuffPost's Taste, Women's Weekly Magazine. Basically, she's everywhere. She's also a mom of two, and she she cooks everything, but she loves to bake. And if you follow her on Instagram where she's at cindy.ray you'll know that baking is what she does best oh she makes the most gorgeous looking delicious looking things this is like airs right before Thanksgiving with the the idea that um our listeners are probably a good 50 50 mix of people who like to bake and it's a hobby that they enjoy and then people who like really loathe it like Stacy. <laughs> And my mother, my mother hates baking. I wouldn't she, say I loathe it. Oh, no. She, she complains about making no-bake cookies. Really? Yeah. Because they like, don't turn out for her? Or... No, she loves them. She loves them. She just hates the process of baking. Like, she hates yeah. measuring. She hates all of that. But she's a cook, too. So. Yes. Wait, yeah. Stacey, would you say that's the same for you? Like, it's not that you hate baking. No, I, like I would never use the word time. hate, actually. I would never say hate and certainly not loathe, but... It's just not like, it's just not my favorite. I don't like, I'm not a very good decorator. And that's actually something that I'm curious about because I feel like there's pressure during the holidays to right. make things look prettier. I love making Santa cookies with my kids because that's easy. And I'm really good at turning like a basic cookie recipe into a one bowl and, you know, leaving it at that. But the measuring, the cleanup, the likelihood that if you're just going fast, you'll mess up and it won't turn out bums me out. Like I'm a cook and I feel like I can fix anything. You know what I mean? <laughs> like if it, right. yeah. something went wrong, I know how to fix it and we're still going to have a good dinner. Like a real fail doesn't happen that frequently for me. Right. And that's, there's that. something <laughs> satisfying in that. And I cannot say that about baking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think you're alone. I think we've heard that from in our listeners group from people. And also that like, especially around the holidays, they feel this pressure to bake with their kids, but like baking with their, like cooking in general with our kids equals a mess to most parents. And so we sort of need like two bits of advice out of this, Cindy. And, and I'll try okay. to phrase this in a way that's a good question. And it's like, we need to address 
like what are great things to bake for the holidays to give as gifts and then like advice for baking with our kids without losing our minds okay (laughs) so i think the the first bit is like okay everyone has a ton of holiday baking coming up what do you think most people will get the most enjoyment out of is it baking sugar cookies is it finding like a really nice um baking loaf or like loaf cake that they can give as gifts what's your go-to when it comes to holiday baking um, I rarely bake sugar cookies uh, or roll-out cookies in general. Um, and I never recommend them for people that are, I guess, just holiday bakers. Okay. Um, because I think it's such a process. You know, you have to make the dough. Usually you have to chill it um, and then you cut it out and then you bake and then you have to ice. So it ends up taking several hours usually. Um, and I find that most people do not, are not prepared to spend six hours in the kitchen. Um, yeah, not at baking all. Baking and cleaning. And I feel like sugar cookies often take that much time, especially if you don't bake often. You know, you're taking out all these ingredients and then there's royal icing or even like buttercream some people use. But it's just a whole process and I feel like it's not even worth, worth it in the end. And I usually go for like a drop cookie or a bar because... Especially for people that um, don't bake a ton and want to for the holidays. Because um, I think like the disappointment thing is a really big deal. Like setting out to bake something and then being disappointed by it is just so heartbreaking. Like I have thrown things in the trash in like a baking rage. And so, but I bake all the time and I have, you know, I know people that don't and for them to go through that, I just feel like it's so disappointing in a way where they like won't bake again. Yes. yes. And there's the expense. <laughs> yes, like yes. butter and eggs are expensive and not right. even in counting like flour and sugar. And if you buy like nice chocolate chips or you buy like expensive food colorings because you want to do like an elaborate pattern on sugar cookies. Right. So let's talk a little bit about like drop cookies, which a, a chocolate chip cookie is a drop cookie for anyone right. who doesn't know. It's basically one that you scoop and drop onto a pan. You don't have to shape it or cut it out in any way. And then bar cookies, which I often forget, like besides a blondie, I bake a blondie regularly. I often forget about bar cookies. So what are some of your favorites of either drop or bar cookies? Um, I obviously love a chocolate chip cookie. We're like a chocolate chip cookie household. Um, (laughs) But I also love like a oatmeal based cookie um, during the holidays. I used to make one with like sour cherries and pecans and chocolate chips. Yeah, instead oh, of wow. raisins, because I'm like a notorious raisin hater. <laughs> um, so, I'm here for that, Cindy. I'm here. Yeah, for that. I like. I feel like betrayed by them in baked goods. Because so. <laughs> you're almost never expecting them. Can I add an aside yeah. that when we were much younger, my older sister would tell people that she was allergic to raisins because she <laughs> hated them so much. She never wanted to encounter them anywhere. She'd be like, "Just so you know, before you give me this cookie." I'm allergic to raisins. Does it well, have raisins in it? <laughs> people don't take like your food aversion seriously. Yeah. And they take allergies more seriously, right? <laughs> they do suck. And I think a huge part of the problem is that they can look like chocolate chips. Yes. yes. That, like in an oatmeal cookie, like sometimes, yes, like it's going to be a raisin. But if you're not sure and you bite into it, it's so disappointing. Yes. yes. It's so disappointing. <laughs> so I, um, I don't like raisins, so I just use other dried fruit. But yeah, we're chocolate chip cookie family for sure. And then for bar cookies, I'm a big fan of a magic cookie bar, which is like um, like a crumb 
base with condensed milk and like coconut and chocolate chips and stuff. Yes. And I like to do those in different variations. So one of my favorites has potato chips on top. Okay, and, wow. Yeah. And yes. peanut butter in the condensed milk. <laughs> Which is great, like if you have if you don't want to do coconut or any kind of nuts right. because you're trying to bake and assume right. people may have allergies. Exactly, yeah. and like I've done pretzels too. I like to do like a salty sweet thing for those because I think they're since they're made out of basically pantry ingredients, you're not making like a dough or anything. You can kind of swap things out with no problem and not worry about it not coming out necessarily. And then of course brownies of all varieties are great and like um. Shortbread type bars are always fun. Basically anything that you can batch out and not have to do in multiple steps is like my favorite holiday baked goods. So anything but a sugar cookie. (laughs) I'm with you on that. I don't do sugar cookies either. And I find that if the kids want to decorate, I need one that has a lot of structure, but then that isn't my favorite kind of cookie to actually eat. So then I want to make a soft one. Exactly. It's it's just kind of a, yeah, they just never, and I always try a new recipe because I'm never sure. So when you're baking holiday cookies, are you baking just for an event, having people over your family, or are you also gifting? Like, do you feel like drop cookies and bar cookies are also good for gifting? I think they're good for gifting. I try to um, package things in a way that it's like makes it look special, even though I don't put a ton of effort into it. So I'm a big fan of like um, during the holidays at the store, they'll have trays with like cellophane bags that you can pull over them. And I like that instead of like a bag Um, because you can put like a basically a whole pan of brownies or something in one of those trays cut up and it looks super cute. That's Um, so smart. You also don't have to spend a ton of time decorating. And I usually just do stuff for my neighbors for like treat gifts and then my family members. So I don't, I try not to go overboard, um, give too many baked goods away because then I just get overwhelmed and then I don't want to ever do it again. (laughs) I think that's fair. Do you do baked goods for teachers gifts at all? Um, yes. So I like to do like a box of four cupcakes or something like that for teachers that are like special. Um, I don't like to give them too much because I feel like in my experience as a avid baker, people say they want a lot of baked goods, but they don't actually. Right. You're kind of limited to how many brownies or cupcakes you can actually eat before they go bad, especially around the holidays when you might be doing holiday baking at home and then you're getting things as gifts. You get kind of like inundated with sweet treats. So I try to keep it like small and special. Um, And I am not beyond, I mean, I bake all the time and I am not beyond buying baked goods for people either. Yes. I wanted Um, to add that because I have been known to do like boxed brownie mix and then do something special, like make a frosting for it and do like special sprinkles, but not like go crazy on making absolutely everything from scratch. Okay. So I want to ask you both about that as the resident cook, not baker. Yes. When do you guys decide to buy? Is it just purely a matter of time and exhaustion? (laughs) Or are there certain things that you think are better to buy versus make? Usually it's time. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It's time-based. And then um, there are some things that I wouldn't buy, like a a mix of or something. Like usually I think a drop cookie, always going to be better homemade. Yes. Hands down. Like even the best bakeries don't have in my opinion, 
the best drop cookies. I always think they're better homemade. So Wow, that's like a bold statement. I know, that's like bold. <laughs> I There have been like very few, like even boutique bakery chocolate chip cookies that I think are worth the worth it worth the calories and like the price of buying yes. it elsewhere yes which is a bold statement I know <laughs> <laughs> I hope you don't get any hate mail for that I'm sure you I will. might but you know yeah I'm, well you know, hey if that's what you believe um I'm I a bold to- statement kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to add that I have another mom friend who like we went out over to her house recently and she was trying a new brownie recipe and she's like ah, I just I've tried like a dozen brownie recipes and I can't find any that I like as much as this box brownie mix. And I was like, right. well, why don't, why, why, like, why try to find a brownie recipe yeah. that you like if you like the box mix? And I, like, I would encourage people if there's something that you do like the box version of better, like, it's okay to do that. My husband Absolutely. loves like the yellow cake with chocolate frosting and I mm-hmm. make one from scratch, but like on his birthday, he would rather have that Duncan Hines box mix with homemade frosting. Like that's his preference. And like, I get it. I grew up on Duncan Hines box mix actually. And it's like otherworldly and it's like fluff. Yes. (laughs) Um, So I don't think you can, it's hard to replicate that. Yeah. And and especially with nostalgia, I always tell people if it's like, you're just do it, just have it. Yes. There's no shame in our box mix game. And I have um, no problem with box mix cakes. I think they're their own like type of cake because they're like that chiffon style cake. Um, It's hard to replicate that at home without like beating eggs to like a huge volume and stuff. Yeah, so, it takes a lot I mean, more time and knowledge, I think, it's, to get it's that kind of cake. Perfectly engineered, at home. honestly. Yes, <laughs> um, they spent billions of dollars yeah. making it what it is. You will never replicate that exactly at home. Okay, so let's talk about exactly. baking with our kids, because this baking okay. with my kids is a time where I do, especially my eight-year-old Ella, like. She can make a box mix. She can read the back and read the instructions. She can pretty much do it by herself without having to get a stand mixer out. Um, What are some other easy things that our listeners can bake with their kids at home these holidays? Well, I I mean, this isn't like a baked good that you would share or anything, but weekend pancakes were how I got, I started my son on, in the kitchen with me because they're so, there are so few ingredients and it's, it's easy to do. So that's kind of how I got his, I don't want to say confidence because it's not like he wasn't confident, but his, um, I guess I cut his teeth in the kitchen on pancakes. <laughs> and then I kind of, when I bake with my son, I don't approach it in a way where I want the result to be the result that I would produce. Does that make sense? It does. So I don't, because I do this as my job for myself, I put a lot of pressure on aesthetics in combination with, you know, the taste of something. So when I bake with my son, I make sure that that's not at the forefront of my mind at all because it kind of kills the fun. Yeah, <laughs> It really does. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and like, um, I also, and I have this approach with cooking with him too. I don't necessarily, it doesn't necessarily need to make it into the end product, his, yes. his contribution. <laughs> um, <laughs> so if he's like cutting stuff, it doesn't have to make it into the batter as long as he's having a good time doing it. But if he wants to participate, that's, you know, a different story. But I just, I let it, I, as cheesy as it is, I just let it go. Like when I do a baking project with kids, I don't 
have expectations of the outcome. And I think that's the biggest thing. Yes. And I think, I don't think that's cheesy at all. I think people need to be reminded of that again and again, that like, however you approach it is okay. And it's okay if the end results aren't like Instagram worthy at all. Right. I fully admit that when we do sugar cookies, I know y'all are hating on sugar cookies, but we do them every year. It's like our holiday party. I make a big batch and then invite friends over to do the decorating. Oh, yeah. I always save like five or six cookies and a bag of royal icing for myself and do it later so that I can have – because that's really enjoyable to me. Mm -hmm. And it's different to do it with your kids and have them like contribute their – handful of sprinkles on a single cookie and you feel like it's ruined. So I like the idea of separating it as two. like, these are for me and these are for everyone else's enjoyment. And I will say as someone who has older kids and who doesn't love baking, another perspective on this, if I get my kids in the kitchen to bake something for the holidays, I actually want them to help because they're older and they can, and I want it to be useful because Part of why I'm pulling older kids into the kitchen <laughs> right. is to help me. Like, I, right. I want you to lighten my load. And I think that the older kid version of that is that people really like getting stuff that the kids clearly made. Like, mm-hmm. no one's going to be like, Ugh, this is such a crappy gift. These cookies are terrible. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> like, no if it's obvious that. that your kids made them, like, that's so sweet and heartfelt. So I think let it go looks different, but it's still the, I agree that that's still a really useful, like driving principle. Right. And I think with older kids too, um, because I have a niece that's interested in baking. She either wants to be a YouTube star of some sort or a baker. She can be both. And I was like, I was like, you can be both because um, to be a YouTube star, you kind of need a skill. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about that. But well, no, but, you know, I know. But based on to, the things I'm that my kids to watch, her that that's what you need to do. Yes. Well, and that's good. That's a good thing. The YouTube star <laughs> thing doesn't work out. She always has baking to fall back right. on. Yeah, and I think um, with her, I try. I'm trying to like give her like something that she can be the expert on. Yes, like yes, because I think for a lot of people as adults even because my best friend claims to hate cooking and it's because um, she's not confident in it. And I think that building confidence is a big part of being a good cook and baker. Yes. Because I think a lot of us approach it as it's something we should know how to do because it's a survival skill, right? Cooking. But it takes practice. And I think a lot of people get discouraged that it takes practice, like that they're not good at it right now, immediately. And um, I think that we can start building confidence in our kids pretty young in the kitchen so that they don't feel like if I fail, then why am I even trying? Yeah. And Um, picking one thing like pancakes or picking drop cookies or whatever and getting them to master that is such a smart way to build their confidence. Right. And even my son, his like thing is he makes his own chocolate milk now and he thinks it's like, he thinks he really thinks he's big and it really has like boosted his confidence <laughs> um to to do other things at home on his own which um i mean that's two ingredients but he still thinks he's making something i also started my son on pancakes and he very quickly moved to cookies on his own by just mm-hmm. he's a little older he just pulled out a cookbook one day and he just has a sweet tooth and he's like i'm going to try to make these and he tries to make the same cookie 
every single time because he wants to master it. Mm-hmm. And he's much more exacting than me. Like he doesn't love cooking. He just always wants to bake something. So I just want to circle back to this idea and linger on it for a second because I think that that's really useful. And baking doesn't have to be this big, complicated thing. It's just about like mixing these ingredients and having it turn into something that you can eat. So keep it totally. really simple and then kind of stepping it up and up and up. So related to that, like what are just like your top three really simple holiday treats that you make for any reason that you think someone who's a beginning baker themselves or wanting to pull their kids in and use that technique, what should they try? So um, it's not really a holiday treat, but brownies. I think everyone should have a brownie recipe that they master um, because they're really easy. And they can be very satisfying homemade. I think cream scones are a good holiday treat. I know they're like a breakfast treat, but Ooh. I'm in, I'm into um, gifting breakfast treats, yes! especially to I friends feel like and that's family. Brilliant, actually. I often will do frozen cinnamon rolls that I make and give them to people to bake off on Christmas morning. So I like to do stuff like that too. Um, so scones are a good breakfast treat because you can stick like a little jar of lemon curd in there, and that could be like a whole gift. I love that you picked two things I would never, I would not have thought to pick even as a seasoned baker. And the freezing the cinnamon rolls is really genius. So can you like talk us through that a little bit? At what point do you freeze them? And then do you like include directions with those? Yes, I do. So what I do is um, I usually do like either a like aluminum pan that I can give them or um, like a cheap ceramic pan from like home goods or something um depending on who the person is and how much i like yeah them. or the thrifts or the thrift store right. you can find exactly. discarded stuff there easily like pyrex and stuff yeah. you can find um so i do that and then i um i always make my dough, cinnamon roll dough the night before so i can roll it out in the morning when it's cold because i proof it overnight it's much easier to work with and it's easier to cut so what i do is i make my dough let it rise i roll it out fill it roll it up and then cut it. And then I put the cut rolls into the pan and freeze that. With frosting or you leave the frosting off? Okay. Without frosting. So they're unbaked. Okay. And then the night before you bake them, I just pull them out of the freezer and let them defrost in the refrigerator. And then I bake them off in the morning. So for gift giving, do you include the frosting or do you just include include that in the directions? Because frosting can be really easy. It can be like powdered sugar and milk. Yeah, and what, powder, sugar, and, and so I usually just make cream cheese frosting and put it in a little deli container because I it's usually like an actual gift to yeah. people, so I want the complete yes. gift for them. Um, so I just like um give them the frozen and wrapped unbaked cinnamon rolls. So I wrap them in plastic and foil so that they can just put them back in the freezer until they need to cook them. And then I give them a little like card with the instructions of um how long to let them thaw in the refrigerator, how long to let them come to like room temperature so that mostly so the pan, if it's glass, doesn't explode in the oven. Yes. (laughs) And then, because that's a thing that can happen with the like temperature change. And then, yeah, I just give them the instructions, oven temp, um, time, and then, yeah, that's it. And that's brilliant. And you have yeah. a recipe for like the most delicious looking cinnamon rolls on Simply Recipes, right? So yeah. we could share that. Yeah. It's, and um, that's a and good recipe really, to freeze. Yes, it is. I wrote it with, I think, I believe it has freezing instructions yes. in the recipe. And um, and it has like my 
two-day process because I don't, I never make them in one day because I want them in the morning when I wake up. Yeah. Doesn't everyone? Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't want to start them in the morning and have them at 1 p.m. <laughs> okay. I might That's- steal this idea for holiday gifts this year and make cinnamon rolls. I was just going to say, because I do this process myself for our cinnamon rolls. Yeah. But I never thought to just like double a recipe, <laughs> like make yeah. more all at once and then gift it with like a bag of great coffee beans or something. That oh, yeah. An it's awesome like, gift. I love doing that. My um, my best friend, she loves cinnamon rolls more than like cake. So that's her like Christmas gift. Every yeah, year. or for her birthday too. Yeah, and sometimes I do make her. Um, she likes pecan sticky buns too, so I make those for her birthday. Yeah, yes. yes. I like her taste in baked goods. Yes. Yeah, she's like, I'd rather have a cinnamon roll, thanks. <laughs> okay, I have one more wild card question that I didn't prep you for, Cindy. So okay. I hope you feel prepared for this. But this okay. is a real life thing <laughs> that happened when I was visiting Stacy last year, and her youngest Oliver was trying to build one of those gingerbread houses Mm -hmm. from a box Mm -hmm. what is your best advice thinking of like what comes in the box for decorating a gingerbread house for the holidays Mm -hmm. like best advice for for building it for decorating it like if people are wanting to build a gingerbread house and they're buying the box at whole Uh foods or michael's or whatever right I think there's still a margin of error in those. Like the directions are very sparse. So what is your like advice for building gingerbread houses? I think if you're serious about it, you should just try to make your own royal icing. It's not very hard. And I think it works better than what comes in the box. Okay. Because your royal icing is the cement for your structure. And it's if it's not going to harden, it's going to just fall apart. So I think that's. And I know that sounds like really finicky, but I always just use meringue powder because it's easier. And um, you kind of have to whip it for longer than you think. Yes. So I would just look up a YouTube video on how to make (laughs) royal icing um, so that you can get visual cues. Yeah. Because the foundation obviously is the cookie, which in those kits, they're pretty sturdy. They are. Um, But I find that the icing is sometimes lacking. Yes. Um, That was definitely our problem. Yeah. So just like make your own royal icing. There are ratios everywhere online. And I think meringue powder makes the stiffest personally. I agree. And actually, I think I have a, it's buried in a haunted house Mm -hmm. gingerbread that I wrote for kitchen, but I do have a recipe for royal icing that uses meringue powder. And that's pretty much my go-to. Well, it's so much easier. It's so easy. It's like three ingredients. I think it's powdered sugar, water, and meringue powder. So, And meringue powder is, it can be kind of like cost prohibitive, but Mm -hmm. it does last forever. So if you buy like the smallest container of it and Mm -hmm. you only use a couple tablespoons around the holidays, you can save it for next year. If um, like you have access to a Michael's arts and crafts store or whatever, just go online and they always have a 40% off coupon for one item. Oh my gosh. That's so genius. I never think of that for baked goods stuff. Yeah. So... I just have the app on my phone and they always run a 40% off coupon for one item. So genius. That, That's where that to go get your trick. sprinkles and like yep. any other and holiday also, baking um, stuff for cheap. Wilton makes a pretty decent cake turntable. That's plastic that they sell at Michael's. And with the 40% off coupon, it's like 20 bucks. So we, we just need you to come on and tell us all the baking deals. Like how yeah, do we get all of our baking ingredients for so, the for cheapest? Yeah. So yeah. that's my hot tip for yes. that. Um, I like that you said it as a recipe because I'm always like, well, the, the secret is you need a ton of icing, like yeah. way more icing than you think you do, especially to build it. Yes. 
Yes. But here's the real question, ladies. Do you eat it afterwards? No. (laughs) No. Because I say no. And my son was adamant that he was going to eat the gingerbread house. (laughs) No. So, like, of course kids want to eat it, but... I think they're totally only decorative, in my opinion. <laughs> I just don't think they're delicious. And also, they're so hard. I'm like, oh, someone's going to, like, break a tooth on yeah, one of these. I'd rather just totally. eat the candy as I decorate it because I'm not going to eat the gingerbread that's, like, hard yeah. as a rock. <laughs> hard as, like, a cement wall. I mean, that's what it's supposed to be. So, yeah. But, yeah, I and I'm not, like, a crunchy cookie person anyway. So, I like – I think they're cute and fun. I get very competitive, but <laughs> – I do too. That's another place where I like buy a kit for the kids to do. And then I buy my own kit to do later. Yeah, I mean, I did, um, even though I hate on sugar cookies, I did a cookie decorating party last year for the kids and, um, I just let them go wild. But then as soon as they were done, we had our own, the adults at the table with wine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And that was really fun because it's like, it's a fun craft project almost, but, um, yeah, it can be a lot for a lot of people. So it's not my number one rec- holiday recommendation. Yeah, I think for gift giving and stuff, it's a lot more time intensive than it needs to be for something to feel special. Yeah. Baking sugar cookies. But I will say in, in the vein of your idea of like cinnamon rolls are a thing that everyone wants for Christmas. And so making them to give as a gift just actually feels like an extra gift it's like filling a need for someone Mm -hmm. that's one of the reasons I like hosting a sugar cookie party is because everyone wants to decorate cookies for Santa but no one wants to like spend all that time cutting them out and making royal icing and having sprinkles everywhere so that's like feels like an easy gift for me as a baker to give to my friends and I think that that is a totally valid gift like time spent with people Probably more fun than like a thing. Yeah. They do get to take home cookies. Yeah. And I mean, (laughs) obviously, they also get to take home cookies. So there's that bonus. But also, you got to have like your social event, which is hard to squeeze in during the holidays, I think. Yeah. But I always to do that because it's the time of the year that you want to see people. So, yeah. So if you can like get in a couple things and give them something at the same time to take home, that's even better. A win, win, win. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We had such a good time chatting with you. Thank you. And I hope I had some advice. I don't even know if it's useful, (laughs) but I tried. It is so useful. (laughs) Oh, Stacey, you said this late after we spoke with Cindy, and I think this is such a good idea. We need to have Cindy come back and talk to us about how to make food even more beautiful. I mean, she had some great ideas, just just the idea of how she packed just cinnamon rolls to give as gifts was so smart. Like you just use a baking pan from the grocery store, but you wrap it in ribbon. So we need to have her come back and tell us how to make all of our food look better for just for fun. I would love that because I'm the worst at cake and cookie decorating. And making You're anything big good look not You're the worst. So You're right. You go back and forth. You're like, I, I am proficient. I'm the worst. I'm proficient. I'm the worst. I think you're a great baker. You just identify more as a cook. Yeah. Which I understand because it's very like ah, baking. I could say so much about it. Baking is like a little bit scientific and you do have to follow rules well to get to the magic part of it. And cooking is very like from the hip. Most of the time, even if you kind of like go off course, you can still eat the results. 
So I think that that's where you're, it's that, that artist in you. That's like, I'm not a baker. I'm a cook because yeah. I can cook well, without. I'll tell you when you would have never used the word artist to describe me. I'm still <laughs> scarred from Oliver's third birthday cake. He second or third, I think third, he had a party at our local firehouse. Okay. And I decided to make a fire truck. <laughs> Very ambitious. Oh, it was so funny looking. It wasn't like a complete fail, but it's very fun. I'm going to try to dig up a photo. If I do, I'll throw it up in the show notes. Okay. All right. Before we sign off, I want to play a game. I am so excited for this game. I can't wait to hear what you come up with. Okay. There are a couple of ways we could do this. Okay. Let's play. Um, I only know the, the rated R version. What's the rated <laughs> PG version? You say it. Kiss, Mary kill. Yeah. There you go. Kiss is the word we're subbing there. Yeah. Okay. So kiss, marry, kill, holiday baked goods. Instead of me throwing to you, I think you should tell me what holiday baked good you want to kiss, what holiday baked good you want to marry, what holiday baked good you want to kill. Okay. I I wish I was better. I was unprepared for this. Okay. You want me to throw to you instead? No. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get on Cindy's Instagram right now and be like, oh, okay. Okay. Marry a sheet cake. Oh. Does that count as a holiday baked good? <laughs> yes, sure. Because if you she covered could, in candy canes. Yeah. And I you can know. like bake it in small little eight by eight pans and it feels super festive for a ton of things. Can you be more specific? What flavor is the sheet cake? I don't know. Can I backtrack here? And yes. Say <laughs> do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Okay. I'm going to, I might need a minute, Stacey. And if you have some. I do. I'm going to okay. go. Okay. Because I have very kill. strong opinions. Holiday and you know why? Because I don't have as like wide a baking vocabulary. See, that's so what it is. I, I can't yes. think of a million totally. things and I can't choose. I'm going to okay. go for it. Okay. I'm going to marry a recipe that I love that's actually from a cookbook called Straight from the Earth by Myra Goodman. Okay. Um, who is... I know this because I posted about it once okay. and I make this cookie all the time. She is one of the founders of Earthbound Farm. Oh. And she has the most delicious, <laughs> I, it's a coconut almond raspberry jam thumbprint cookie. Oh, a thumbprint's a good pick. Okay. And I want to marry it because it is wholesome. It is absolutely freaking delicious. It's like the kind of thing that you think, oh, you made this because it's kid-friendly and it's wholesome. And this one has some flaxseed and coconut oil, so it's better for you. But then you eat it and you're like, oh, this is hella delicious. Yeah. So then you're like, oh, yeah, like my little like nerdy, the person I'm married to is actually spicy. Mm. So that is my Mary. Okay. My kiss is my own recipe for chewy gingerbread cookies with a lemon glaze. Okay. I love these. I make them every year. Another version that I do is I'll take out the lemon glaze. I'll skip that. And instead I'll put butterscotch chips in this chewy gingerbread cookie. Are you going to share the recipe with us? Yes. Okay. I will share the recipes for these. But I just don't, I just don't like crunchy cookies. I want like real soft and gooey in the middle, chewy on the outside. I just love that. And I felt like no one made a gingerbread cookie like that. So I did it myself. Way to go. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to 
kill a lot. I don't know. This one's hard. I don't like, I, I already said, I don't really like sugar cookies or like yeah. roll out cookies that you just like, you make them just to make shapes. And honestly, are they that good? I've had some really no. good sugar cookies in the past, but like 90% of the time people make them and they sit around for too long and they're like cardboard. Yeah. And then you, your kid gets to decorate them and puts way too much nasty frosting gel. Yeah, so I love a sprinkle, but there is a threshold. <laughs> yes. Yes. And my kids cross it always. Yes. Right. So killing it. I'm killing, killing the, it. I'm killing the gingerbread, the sugar cookie man or woman or they. Okay. I figured out my perfect. Do movie. it. Blondies. Ooh, you love blondies. I love blondies. And we have a recipe for a white chocolate cherry blondie with Oregon fruit that we're sharing. It is so good. It's so good. So here's what I love about a blondie and why I want to marry it. First of all. It's one of the <laughs> sit all, down people. I've got a whole essay for you. Um, it's one of those like actually you can make in a one bowl kind of cookie bar, so you don't have to scoop out a bunch of different individual cookies and roll them or whatever. Like you make one pan and you just quickly cut them when they're cooled. You can add almost anything to a basic blondie recipe. I mean, we added tart cherries, tart canned cherries to a blondie recipe and it's so delicious. But I love white chocolate chunks. You can add dried cherries. Instead of fresh cherries, you can add various types of chocolate chips. Like I love a combination of that's dark and milk chocolate chips. You can add nuts. What else? All of the things. Potato chips, pretzels. Ooh, I've seen girl. those in, in blondies. And they're just really fun for everything from gift giving to class parties because you can make them festive without a ton of effort. So that's who I would marry. Um, Kiss. I'm going to also pick one of my own recipes, which is this summer I discovered this method for blind baking. Uh, actually, it was from Brian Stewart when he was on... Last year for the cookbook episode, he talked about blind baking pie shells with sugar in it. And the result is that you get toasted sugar. And then if you take that toasted sugar and you turn it into sugar cookies that you roll in toasted sugar also, you get these, we, there's a recipe for them on the kitchen. They're called toasted sugar cookies. They are a little bit fussy because you have to toast sugar to get there. Um, and they have a little cornstarch in them, which keeps them super soft, but they're like an ultra soft sugar cookie. And the flavor is almost like honey lemon yeah without any honey or lemon in there that sounds so good is it the cookie that's gonna bring me back to sugar cookies yeah i think it's a different because i think there's two different categories of sugar cookies there's like the soft loft house style sugar cookie yeah. which you sometimes see with frosting on it and this is more like that but it doesn't need the frosting because it's so soft and chewy delicious on its own and then there's the cutout sugar cookies which both of ah. us agree are like fun ah. to do, but maybe not fun to eat. Yes. Great. Okay. <sighs> what would I kill? This is a really hard question for me because I really love all types of cookies. I don't, uh, yeah. You can't think of a single baked good you'd kill that you just think is like overrated, especially think of a holiday one. Like, ugh, this again, why? I mean, I go to the like very ubiquitous (laughs) when people are like, oh, like, fruitcake no one eats fruitcake but actually you can make fruitcake that's really good i know, you know that's what the you're problem doing. you can make any of it good yeah but yeah. people do it pretty poorly 
Um, okay, let's do for this last one. It's going to be a very quick. I'm going to give you three baked goods. Tell me which one you're going to kill off. Okay. Cinnamon rolls. Okay. Chocolate peppermint brownies. Okay. <laughs> and apple cinnamon donuts. Okay. Damn. I mean, apple cinnamon donuts have to go. Oh, for sure. Sh- oh, what? <laughs> Why talk to me? I mean, I've even written recipes for that. So this is the other thing is like, there's so many recipes that I've written. I'm like, I don't want to kill my own child. How about- You just um, killed your baby. How about this one? Because this isn't something that people make at home. If I was going to kill a baked good, I, I will always say it incorrectly, but macarons, the like, the filled sandwich cookies that are made macaroons. from almond bin, macaroons. See, I think of mac- macaroons, macaroons, like a real American. Uh, <laughs> the coconut. I was like coconut yeah. version, which they're I spelled like those. Different. But the the, the French ones are pronounced French, macaroon too, but they're just spelled different. I generally just find them overrated. I maybe couldn't agree more. Maybe it's like all the fancy flavors. Like I like a very traditional chocolate or just like a classic almond with a really simple, but like these ones where there's like donut flavored and there's like fruity pebbles on the outside, like nah. That's not for me. Even the classic ones. It's just like pure sugar with like fruit flavor, fruit notes. And like, I don't know, not my, it's not my bag. I can totally skip one. Like I don't often say no to food that's delicious or sweet. And if you like hand me a plate of those, I'll be like, "Mm, no, thank you. Yeah. Also, I'm going to, I hate to admit this because I feel like it's going to be like the grape issue from the what we're cooking now from fall. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not really a huge fan of cheesecake. Oh, that is. It's an issue. Okay. I feel like we need to end the episode because that's like. We might break up right now. If we no, keep not even about- break up, but like, it's like, that's a long conversation. I know. Another time we'll do a cheesecake episode. <laughs> uh, speaking of our listeners group where people have been mad at me about grapes. I'm just kidding. No one's been mad. Everyone's being really nice. You had you can- some supporters. I did. And then um, was it Aaron Romer who was like. What about these Moondrop grapes? Anyways, it was this great conversation that came out of me admitting I don't really love grapes. In our listeners group, which you can find on Facebook where we are at Didn't I Just Feed You. You can also find us on Instagram as at Didn't I Just Feed You. And hey, if you want to join that private listeners group, answer the secret question with the word whiskey or painkillers or tell us your favorite cocktail. And most importantly, subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You so you don't miss a single episode. And if you like what you hear... Tell your friends, spread the word, rate and review. Makes a big difference, mostly to us. Makes us so happy. (laughs) A huge thank you to our editors, Jeremy N., Samantha Gatsik, and the team at Counterweight Creative. Our music is Good Old Times by Alex Cohen, provided by Jamandu. I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. Stay sane and well-fed until next week. Don't forget to smash all five stars on iTunes. Or leave us a review.